Now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to Snug Wrestling. My name is Edgar, your host of the most honest podcast in pro wrestling. And I say it's the most honest because here you're not going to hear me just marking out about everything. Here you're not going to hear how great everything is in wrestling and how great everyone is in wrestling. This is not what we do here. Here you will hear the most honest and real reviews, opinions, opinions, takes. So if you're one of those wrestling fans that just loves everything about everything, no matter how bad it is, then this podcast is probably not going to be for you. Like, oh my God, bro, that guy just did a triple backflip indie 9000 Hurricane Rana Plancha. Oh, that's so cool. He just went through 10 tables and they lit each other on fire. Oh my God, bro, that's so badass. No, no, that's not what we do here. We talk about shit how it is and how i really feel about it no sheeps here we don't follow what everyone else is saying on the internet it's just 100 honesty so i apologize in advance if any feelings are hurt but i don't care so with that being said we're gonna talk about monday night raw from august 14th we had some few good matches we had Sami Zayn versus jd madonna we had giovanni from the imperial versus Chad Gable, Gunther versus Otis, Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre versus the Viking Raiders, Rhea Ripley versus Indy Hartwell, Becky versus Trish, and Cody versus Finn Balor. Now besides that, we had a shit ton of interviews and video packages and commercials like always because it's Monday Night Raw, and I tend to not spend too much time on those because most of them, they're not really that important. What I really care about mostly are the matches and the stories around them so we're gonna be getting into that here in a bit but first i want to start off with my regular news update And because this is an episode of Snug Wrestling where we're going to be talking about WWE, the news that's going to be shared is going to be mostly WWE related. But this one has something to do with AEW as well. What I'm talking about is Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler was recently on a episode of BTE. For those of you guys who don't know what BTE is, being the elite is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omegas and Hangmans. You 
YouTube channel, which is an AEW affiliate YouTube channel. So Dolph Ziggler, he hasn't been in WWE TV since May 29th. That was a Monday Night Raw. So a little bit over three months since we've seen Dolph Ziggler on TV. And he appeared on this BTE YouTube channel. And the video clip was from a comedy show where Dolph Ziggler and his brother, Ryan Nemeth, who is a current AEW roster, were signing autographs, doing a meet and greet there. And the Jackson brothers, the Bucks, were there. And they thought it would be funny. They thought it would be a good idea to put Dolph Ziggler on their YouTube channel. Apparently, this isn't the first time BTE has used Dolph Ziggler's voice on their channel and might have shown Dolph Ziggler before. But this is the first time that Dolph Ziggler was actually like completely in the video and talking in the video. And they even made some jokes about, oh, we're going to have to take this down. We're going to have to remove this. But Dolph Ziggler encouraged them to keep him on the, the video. When it comes to these things, WWE is really strict. Of course, if you guys remember last year, there was a whole issue with the WWE talent having Twitch streams and having their own social media outlets outside of the WWE. But here you have Dolph Ziggler in a social media outlet that's related to AEW. I mean, you would assume that Dolph Ziggler would probably get a lot of heat for this. Maybe not since Dolph Ziggler decided to actually do it. But this just goes back again to the Young Bucks stirring shit up back there in the locker room in AEW. It was reported that Ryan Nemeth, who's Dolph Ziggler's brother, put out a tweet or an X, however you want to call it now, referencing CM Punk by saying literally the softest man alive. Apparently, CM Punk didn't take too lightly to this, and he confronted Ryan Nemeth backstage at Collision, and Ryan Nemeth was removed from the arena. And then now you're seeing Dolph Ziggler on their YouTube channel. So it's clear that Ryan Nemeth, he's a Young Bucks guy. And it's funny because you have people like MJF and you have people like Kenny Omega who have gone on record to say there is no brand split. There is no AEW versus Collision. There is no Team Punk. There is no Team Elite. But then you also have the same guys that are saying this, like Kenny and like the Bugs, doing shit like this. Like you're sending out tweets and you're referencing people and you're starting shit and then you put his brother on your YouTube channel who works for WWE and you're just stirring up shit on purpose. And I get it. It's funny. It's entertaining. It gets the internet talking but but how about you get the internet talking about your wrestling matches instead and your storylines instead of the drama and the bullshit and the jokes. But I guess as long as you're being talked about then it doesn't matter what it's about. So tell me what you guys think about all this shit that's going on, all the drama that now the Bucks have involved more people, which is Ryan Nemeth and also Dolph Ziggler. Let me know. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. If you guys know something I don't about this, I'll be glad to hear it because right now I'm starting to understand why Punk went on record to say I work with children. But enough about the Bucks, enough about that for now. I'm pretty sure next week something else is going to come up where I'm going to probably cover because if it's not the contracts, the new contracts and the drama behind that, then it's something like this that has to do with Punk. I wish we had more to talk about when it comes to their match with FTR, for example, at the Wembley, but they don't want to talk about that. They'd rather talk about drama and bullshit. But anyway, let's get into Monday Night Raw really quickly here. 
We're opening up Monday Night Raw with the Judgment Day, but no Finn Balor. Finn Balor, he's kind of in a losing streak right now. Finn Balor lost at SummerSlam. He got pinned last week by Cody Rhodes in their tag team match. I believe it was a six-man tag team match versus Rollins, Seth, and Shinsuke. And then Finn Balor is facing Cody Rhodes in the main event for this Monday Night Raw. So things have not been going well for Finn Balor, so much so that Finn Balor does not come out with the Judgment Day. But you know who does come out? When Judgment Day is cutting a promo, JD Madonna comes out. And it looks like he's lining himself up with the top guys JD Madonna is. He's coming out to speak for Finn Balor to send Judgment Day a message. Last week, JD Madonna attacked Sami Zayn. And now he's interrupting the Judgment Day. So JD Madonna is looking like he's going to be a big time player in WWE. So this opening segment led to a match between Sami Zayn and JD Madonna. JD Madonna, during this match, he played a good chicken shit heel, and he was working on Sami Zayn's injured elbow, and Sami Zayn was selling the shit out of that elbow. JD Madonna removed the elbow, padding the protection that Sami Zayn was wearing on that thing, and he was just going to work on that. Sami Zayn ended up winning with the Huluva kick, even with Finn Balor coming out and trying to distract Sami Zayn. That was not enough to help JD get the win. So Finn Balor again adding more losses to the streak. Even though this wasn't Finn Balor's match to lose, Finn Balor was still involved and he's just having really really bad luck. However, I really like this match because we get to see a new face from NXT, a new up-and-comer and it looks like JD has a lot of potential. Now the match versus Sami Zayn, it wasn't perfect but it wasn't bad either. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more of this JD Madonna. The backstage segment with Chelsea Green and Adam Pierce. Chelsea Green is one half of the women's tag team champions. Her partner Sonya Deville recently had ACL surgery. So she's going to be out for quite some time. Pierce tries to relinquish the titles from Chelsea Green, which Sonya Deville called the curse titles, but Chelsea Green refuses. Chelsea Green threatens Adam Pierce to go to HR and pulls her Karen card. When Liv Morgan got injured Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan had to relinquish the titles there was a tournament that was set they went back to the tournament and they had to re-win the titles all over again but Chelsea Green just says I'm gonna call HR and Adam Pierce doesn't take the titles away from her so Chelsea Green she's still one half of the champions there was a new tag team a women's tag team that just came up from NXT and I can't remember their names right now to save my life but they walked in the office with Adam Pierce and Chelsea Green and they made a challenge to Chelsea Green hey when you find a partner let us know we would like to challenge you guys for those belts of yours that you guys have those curse titles that you guys have and then Piper Niven or Dewdrop or whatever she goes by now she just storms in the office and knocks out one of the girls from the tag teams that was in there in front of Adam Pierce and then just tells Chelsea Green hey I'm your partner now and just takes the belt from Chelsea Green just like that Chelsea Green has a new partner with Piper Nevin and Adam Pierce just pretty much looks like a goof throughout this whole thing. Adam Pierce, he's supposed to be the general manager. He's supposed to call the shots, but Chelsea Green just walks all over him. Dewdrop just walks in the office and attacks people, and then he does absolutely nothing about it. So this entire segment is just goofy, and these are like the most unimportant belts ever. Like they're just not even trying with these belts. It's just like okay, just go in there. 
there and I'm just going to take the bell and just make myself the other women's champion. Just just like that. Just because. The next match was Giovanni from Imperium versus Chad Gable. Before the match, Gunther comes out and he's cutting a promo on Chad Gable because Chad Gable is the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther, he puts over Chad Gable. He's like, basically, you're a great wrestler. You have potential, but I've accomplished more than you have in one year than you have in 10 years, which is pretty true. Chad Gable really hasn't had the time of day. He's been mostly stuck in the tag team division, but now he's getting a big shot versus Gunther. So Chad Gable, he has a little tuna match here with one of Gunther's faction members, and Chad Gable gets the win with his finisher, the German suplex. Chad Gable, he's looking pretty good going into his match versus Gunther. And this was a good match between these two. Giovanni, he's a great worker, and so is Chad Gable. So I really enjoyed this match. But this segment, it doesn't end there because after Giovanni versus Chad Gable, Gunther challenged Otis to a match. And of course, Gunther won this match with a big power bomb because there's no way Gunther is losing to Otis. Not here, not ever, not in this world, not in any world. So both Chad and Gunther both look really good here. We should be having a good match between Gunther and Chad Gable for the Intercontinental Championship. The Judgment Day, they're talking backstage and JD Madonna walks up and Priest tries to tell off JD Madonna, but Finn Balor kind of stops Damian Priest. Where have I seen this before? This reminded me of the same storyline that's going on in AEW with MJF, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong, where MJF tells off Roderick Strong, but then Adam Cole steps in and Adam Cole is kind of in the middle of both of them. This is like a copy and paste thing from that, except you have Damian Priest and you have JD Madonna and you have Finn Balor in the middle of everything. And another backstage segment, because why not? Because it's Monday Night Raw, so we got to have a million of these. But this time it's Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. Matt Riddle, he's trying to recruit Drew McIntyre to be his partner. And man, first it was Randy Orton. Unfortunately, Randy, he's been out with injury. And now Matt Riddle wants to get teamed up with Drew McIntyre. So is it like people that just have nothing to do? Just partnering up with Matt Riddle. Just give them to Matt Riddle and give Matt Riddle something to do. Let's just put them in a tag team with Matt Riddle. The Viking Raiders, they had a open challenge and Matt Riddle, he accepts it, but he doesn't have a partner. Drew told Matt Riddle that he would consider it if he doesn't have a partner, but he didn't say yes or no. Matt Riddle, he goes out to the ring. The Viking Raiders come out to the ring and the announcers were trying to build this like they weren't sure or they didn't know if Drew McIntyre was actually going to show up. And of course, they try to make it real dramatic and Drew McIntyre ends up showing up the last minute and Matt Riddle, he tried to sell it like he was really surprised and he was really excited because the Celtic Warrior actually showed up, but I think we all knew that that was going to happen. And poor Drew McIntyre, he went from wrestling Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam to wrestling the Viking Raiders. But Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle ended up winning this match with Drew's finisher. And then after the match, the New Day, they challenged Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle to a match. So it's looked like Drew McIntyre is going to get stuck with Matt Riddle in a tag team. But I've seen this before. We've all seen this before. An unlikely pairing with Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. Now we have a unlikely pairing with Matt Riddle 
and Drew McIntyre. And we all know how that worked out. Randy Warren and Matt Riddle, they had a good run, but we don't need to see this again with someone else like Drew McIntyre. I would like to see Matt Riddle turn heel. Instead of putting him with another tag team partner, another random tag team partner, why not just turn Matt Riddle heel, make him into this angry asshole, make him a little bit more serious, give him a fresh coat of paint, and let's see what he can do on his own. Rhea Ripley versus Indy Hartwell. And Indy Hartwell, I've never seen her before. I know she's from NXT. She got called up to Monday Night Raw. And her very first match in the main roster is versus Rhea Ripley. So there's no way Indy Hartwell is going to win her debut match because it's Rhea Ripley. But I did see this match and Indy Hartwell, she's got some size. She's a pretty tall girl. I believe she's the same height as Rhea Ripley. So it was interesting to see Indy Hartwell. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of her in the main roster. Of course, like we all predicted, Rhea Ripley ended up winning this match. And there's an afterbirth. Both Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae attack Rhea Ripley after the match. So thank you for coming, Indy Hartwell. Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura, he comes out for an interview with Michael Cole and he's wearing all black and no one is singing his song now. Maybe it's just me, but I believe that this was the WWE production team editing out the singing because WWE fans love to sing. It doesn't matter if it's a heel or if it's a baby face. I find it hard to believe that now out of nowhere, the fans just completely stopped singing Shinsuke Nakamura's song. But there was no singing here for Shinsuke Nakamura. But Seth Rollins ends up coming out and there's a whole bunch of singing for Seth Rollins because it's Seth Rollins. And mind you, last week, Nakamura pretty much backstabbed Seth Rollins after their match in the main event and kicked him straight dead in the head. And according to Michael Cole, there's a lot of history here between these two. They've known each other their entire careers and they have a lot of respect for each other. So why would you kick Seth Rollins in the face like that? And Shinsuke Nakamura, he does an interview in Japanese and basically says, I want the title. Seth Rollins comes out and he's coming out dancing like always. He's not coming out like his longtime friend, like Michael Cole made it seem, just attacked him and kicked him in the head and knocked him out. He's coming out, he's dancing, he's laughing, he's having a good time, he's happy, and I'm like, what the fuck? So, we're gonna have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins for the championship. It wasn't said when yet, but Shinsuke Nakamura whispered something in Seth Rollins' ear and then kicked him in the face again and knocked him out one more time for good measure. The Miz, he has an interview and he's talking about LA Knight. The Miz made a comment about possibly being on SmackDown and also announced that he's going to have a match versus someone bigger and faster than any one of LA Knight's opponents or anyone LA Knight has ever faced so that The Miz can prove that he's better than LA Knight. Good luck with that. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. This match, it ended in a double countout because the match went to the stands, it went to the concession stands and they were fighting forever. This match took forever. And if this was the match that Becky Lynch wanted to have at SummerSlam, then I'm glad it was cut from that show because this match was horrible. The mask that Trish Stratus is wearing, it's supposed to be her gimmick now. It's supposed to be something that Trish Stratus uses to her advantage, but it's not working for Trish. The mask, it's falling off. She doesn't know how to work with it. She was slipping from the ropes when she was trying to do her spots and it's just getting in the way at this point.
point. So they're fighting all over the crowd. They're fighting all over the arena. They're throwing things at each other. And this will never end. This went on forever. But then later on, Adam Pearce, probably the worst general manager in WWE history, tells Trish, you know what? You're always trying to get out of these matches. But this time, you guys are going to settle this in a cage match. This is Adam Pearce's way of locking Trish Stratus inside of a cage with Becky Lynch to make sure that Trish Stratus doesn't get away from Becky Lynch. But Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch, they can barely have a regular match in the ring, but now you're involving a cage. And to me, this sounds like a terrible idea. Or maybe this is just WWE's way of making it up to them for getting their match cut off at SummerSlam. They said, okay, look, we'll get, we'll give Trish and Becky 15 or 20 minutes, however long this match went, on Monday Night Raw, and you guys get a cage match as well. Here you go. Happy birthday. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really not looking forward to that, and I just want this Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus feud just to be over with. Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor, the main event. And this was another great match. Two of the best, Finn Balor and Cody Rhodes. Two great workers. They know each other really well, and they can have a really good match any time of the day, any night of the week. No complaints there. Dom and Rhea Ripley, they come out to help Finn Balor and try to set a distraction, but no Priest, at least not yet. Eventually, Damian Priest does come out, and I'm thinking, oh shit. Finn Balor's bad luck charm, Damian Priest, he's gonna fuck shit up somehow, some way. And he does. Finn Balor calls for the briefcase so Damian Priest could throw it at him. Damian Priest slides the briefcase and it goes between Finn Balor's legs and Cody picks it up and hits Finn Balor with it. Now the way that Damian Priest threw the briefcase it kind of does look like Damian Priest meant to throw it at Cody Rhodes instead of Finn Balor. So this was a great finish. It was controversial. One can argue that Damian Priest meant to throw it at Cody Rhodes. The other one, the other side can argue that Finn Balor missed it and he should have caught it. It leaves that argument there. After the match of the Judgment Day, they get some heat on Cody and then Sami Zayn comes out. Sami Zayn comes out and he evens things up a little bit, but then JD Madonna comes out and now all hell is breaking loose. JD Madonna comes out to help the Judgment Day. So now you have Dom, you have Priest, you have Finn, you have JD Madonna out there getting heat on Cody and Sami Zayn, but no Seth Rollins. Where's Seth Rollins? Why didn't he come out? Where's your your champion, your workhorse? Seth Rollins pretty much said, fuck that. Let them handle themselves and I'm not a part of this anymore. The curse of the briefcase lives on. Judgment Day adds another L to their record and there's more miscommunication in the Judgment Day and possibly a new member in JD Madonna. That was Monday Night Raw. Tell me what you guys think. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon.